everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me this week is my good buddy. Yo, what's up? It's Tom for Doom. Oh, I'm Willie. Hi. <laughs> it is time for some doom and gloom, my good sir. Happy fucking spooky October season, whatever the kids call it these days. Yeah, it's, it's spooktober. It is spooky season. It is... I don't know, sweater weather? I think that's a different thing, Ooh. but it's it's not sweater weather. It was 77 degrees today. I wore this hoodie all day, and I was like, I want it to be crisp and autumnal, but it is not yet. Yeah, I think it was uh like 82 here with like a real feel of 87, 88. It was not bad. I, yeah. Although like two or three nights ago, it was 60 degrees outside at night. So I don't understand what the hell Florida's doing right now. I, I rarely do. I feel like the world doesn't. It's always the brunt of the joke of the country is, oh, the Florida man. But it's because, dude, I have stories that make Florida man stories just look dumb. Because they are. But, I mean, that's not the point. I just, one day, one day, I'll, sh- I'll share more stories of things that I've been through that have, some of them are wild. And I think it's only in Florida. Anyway. The Florida man extended universe. <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry, that came in at a weird time. My, my Discord's kind of breaking up a little today, so I'm kind of getting messages a little compressed and spread out for every now and then. So sorry if my timing is a little uh, off. I'll fix it in post, if anything. Um, uh, there shouldn't be much to fix. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm this is shop talk. Let's get on to let's get <laughs> on with it. Uh, let's see. Oh, first and foremost, I want to thank all of our lovely Patreons for supporting the show with a. Uh, a big shout out to Nate Sir Cogsworth of the seventh of June Ipper. Uh, nice. I would thank like you, to Nate. Thank, uh, old Jeffy Lube, Jeff himself. Uh, I would like to thank. Thank you, Jeff. Aries or Adam? That's Aries or Adam. Aries or Adam. Yes. Uh, and I would like to thank New Edition DC Smokedown. We do. do thank you. We appreciate yes, you joining do in. Appreciate you very much. Uh, you guys keep the cogs rolling. That's why you are called the cogs. You keep them moving, and we we appreciate. It. Welcome to the machine. Yeah. Uh, oh, what a good fucking song. God, what a good song. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. What do I have up first? Oh, good sir, good sir. What the fuck is up with social media bots? So at least. I know that I almost worded that like a dirty Seinfeld joke, but I'd, what's the deal with these? What's the deal? It's social media bots. I mean, come on. But I've been getting like at least 10 a day of these friend requests from these obviously fake profiles that are like these stunningly beautiful women who you, you, I don't even click on their profiles anymore. Cause if you do, you click on it and their bio is like, I don't use this much. Come chat with me on fuckmytitties.com or whatever you know what I'm saying <laughs> it's like oh my god and there's so many of them but I have discovered a good f- pastime and it is clicking on these profiles and looking to see what friends of mine have added them oh do you know a couple of whales some big suckers <laughs> I know more than a couple apparently <laughs> like which leads me to another another thing that I've, I've found out on Facebook is like I can look at someone's Facebook profile picture and I can tell if they should have yeah. a social media account or not. Like, you know how you, like like people who know how to pose for a photo and then there's the people who are looking at their phone like they're not sure if it took a picture or not. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like those dudes 
are the ones that I always see that add these fucking profiles. And I just know that, like, they're clicking it and that I can, like, no doubt in my mind, click their profile and go in. And I'll see where this, this dude's posted, don't open the messages you're getting. It's not me. I got hacked. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you clicked on that profile <laughs> from titsmcgee.com who, like, fished all your info, bro. Like, come on. Oh, man. Fucking boomers. <laughs> Hey man, sometimes you just get hacked by love. <laughs> oh man, that that should be like a horror movie. Hacked by love. Hacked by love? Yeah, and then like hacked has like a little machete sticking out of it in the yes. logo. It's like a double entendre, but a really obvious one. Loved has like the the D has like the the uh oh god, the gender things, the uh what are they? Oh yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. Austin Powers necklace. That's all I can think of is the fucking that symbol those symbols. Yeah. I don't know what they're called. The little linked like Mars and yes. Uh, Venus. Yes, Mars like. and Venus. Thank yeah. you. God damn. Oh, I couldn't think of that. Yes, those. I think that would be cool. Yeah, we're trademark Steam Machine Podcast. Uh We pitch way too much stuff on the <laughs> show. All pitch. No bitch. Yeah. <laughs> More like all pitch, no hits. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um I wanna ask you about I don't want to think about baseball. Sorry about that. I want to ask you about some of your Doom stuff, but before I do, good sir, um, Black Desert Online. I did some shit this week, so I got to. I've been playing the season, so the season is limited to a couple months, and once the season's over, your character that you did for a season character transfers over to the normal. Like kind of like if you've played Diablo three, how their season thing kind of works, where you can then use it as an on normal servers after the season is over. Um, and I've gotten to level 58, and, dude, the grinding in BDO is no fucking joke. Like, I think to get to level 60, from 59 to 60 is, like, a few billion experience. Like, it's some insane amount, but but anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, so to explain what I did and why I did it, um, the season has, like, almost... They're, I call them season quests, but it's almost like a battle pass. It has these certain criteria that it, they want you to meet as you go through. Okay. So I'm stuck on this one that I have to fight a creature summon from the Rift Echo. And if I look past that one, I have done so many of these other quests that as soon as this thing's done, I'm going to get credit for like seven more, right? So nice. I needed a Rift yeah. Echo. And I was like, well, how do I get one of those? This guy in my guild's like, oh, open your quest log, go to recurring... And where it says weekly, click the little button and run to that guy, get the weekly quest and just do that. And I was like, oh, that should be easy. So I went and I got the weekly quest to kill 5,000 bandits. And I was like, never should have come here. Holy shit. That's a lot, dude. Um, So I had just been fighting these bandits for a few quests before that. So I knew where they were at and I knew of this gully. It's like this long little stretch between these two mountains. And there's about a hundred dudes between the two ends of it. And I just went there and ran back and forth and just killed them over and over and over and over and over. And, uh, yeah, it took me, uh, like a few hours last night and then I think like four or five hours today. But I knocked it out. Um, maybe not four or five hours, more like two or three today. Um, but... Yeah, it would have went a lot quicker if there weren't other people also having this quest and having to kill these things. So, like, you're fighting for mobs and stuff sometimes, and, yeah. I just get this impression of you and, like, two other people, like, 
linking arms, running down a shopping supermarket, like shopping aisle with your other arm extended, just knocking everything off yeah. the aisle. Pretty much. Just like, yeah. Just knock it and then wait for him to restock it so we can go through and do it again. Man, that sounds fun. I haven't watched the rebooted supermarket sweep yet. <laughs> oh, man. It's just extreme guys' grocery games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Guys' grocery games for keeps. But uh, other than Doom, like that's what I've been up to. And I, I did play a little bit more of Trails in the Sky, but that's for next week. So, sir, uh, I do believe that you have been fucking with some of the older Dooms as well. So I would like to hear about some of that. Yeah, so um, I've had some frustration. You know, you have frustrations with games like this and a lot of games in general. And so one thing I've been doing is alternating by playing, going back to that thing I was doing a couple weeks ago where I was trying to finish every level of the original Doom on ultra-violence difficulty with fast monsters-enabled pistol starting every level. And I had been stuck for a while on episode 2, map 6, because it's just, there's you don't get a lot of ammo in that level, so you have to... You have to punch a lot of stuff, and with the fast monsters on, pinkies and other melee monsters move three times as fast as they normally Jesus. do. So you literally, yeah, you literally have to like to berserk them right. You basically have to wait until they run up at you and click the punch button, and like one tick later, hit the back button so you hit them before they bite you. Oh, okay. And like it, it takes anywhere from like one to four punches usually for a berserk fist to knock these guys out. So, and if they hit you, you're gonna mess. It's gonna mess up your timing. You're gonna get backed way up. And if you get backed all the way up in the corner, they're just gonna stun lock yeah. you. You're done. I mean, not literally stun lock, but they'll be on top of you so fast that by the time you get them back into hit stun, they'll have killed you usually. So, I had to deal with that. I had to deal with just a lot of enemy hit points overall, and not a lot of firepower. But I found a, a route that lets me get better ammo and weapons. Eventually, finished that off. Got through the rest of episode two. Uh, now I'm all the way up to episode three, map seven, which is the second to last level in the original original Doom, not counting the Ultimate Doom's final episode. So um, it's, it's been going really well. Uh, I had a lot of struggle with episode three, map four, which also actually the whole first half of episode three starts you off with like usually with pinky demons, which are the fast melee monsters looking straight at you and just running up and chomping you at the very start of the level. So you have you have to figure out a way to deal with that in each level. And it's it's pretty rough, but Almost, I'm almost through it now. Uh, I, episode 3, map 7 is my least favorite level in the game, so I died like once and said I'd go do something else. But it's, I'm, I'm having fun. Uh, I'll probably have that finished in a couple, probably tomorrow. I don't know. That's what, that's what counts but, as if you're yeah, having fun. Uh, I'm having fun. It's, it's Doom is a game that I don't feel bad about dying over and over and over again. Like, when I streamed it when we were doing the episode Doom 2, I had fast monsters on and pistol starts for Doom 2 on levels I'm way less familiar with than Doom 1 levels. And like... I, I just died like 50 times in a row on refueling base and I was loving every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I try not to let deaths bother me too much in shooters, you know, especially fast-paced ones. It, don't, it only gets me down in uh, some of these Doom 1 maps because some of them are very long, like, um, oh, God, Episode 3, Map 4, um, House of Pain. I had two runs where I was over 15 minutes in before I died. Ooh. And it's just like, that's... That feels like a long time to not win. It just clicked in my head all these times that I've seen you put like E3, M4, that that's what that means, this episode three, map four. Yeah. Gotcha. It's the, it's the Doom 1, the Doom 1, uh, the way Doom 1 maps are written is like E4, E3, M4, E whatever, M whatever. Then Doom 2 and most of the other ones is just map and then the number like map 0, 1, map 32. Okay. Old Doom nerd shit. 
Speaking of Doom Nerd shit, I I know he didn't get to be a main character, but I'm happy that they put a Doom Guy costume in for the Mii Fighter in Super Smash Brothers as the last character they're going to add as a Mii Fighter. Oh, they did? I thought you were joking about that. They, yeah. No, they they made a Mii Fighter. He's a he's the gunner type, which is the one has like the charge beam, kind of like Samus does in Smash Bros. And um, yeah, he's pretty cool. I mean, he has kind of he's kind of chibi looking compared to um, the normal Doom Slayers uh, model because the the Mii's are kind of you know little cartoon yeah. guys. But it's like a full suit of armor and all that. The weapon looks like the pistol from Doom Four, I think. And I don't know. I oh, thought it was pretty badass, neat. dude. That's badass. And they announced uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts as well, right? Yeah, that's that's the one I. Honestly, I'd completely figured wasn't going to happen because I thought it was just so improbable with all the getting together the lawyers from Nintendo, Square Enix, and Disney to pound something out. Especially when Square Enix had been kind of famously hard to work with twice in the course of this game yeah. already. Like, I figured, ah, there's no way they'll go for that. And then they did it. And I had already completely decided he's not going to be in the game. So I, when it did happen, I'm like, oh, like he wasn't a character I wanted, but I was too impressed to be disappointed. And the people that love him, you know, they're really happy. So I'm happy. I would fans. play as him because I I fucking love Kingdom Hearts. I I never got into Kingdom Hearts, and I was confused that he was so popular too because I thought the elevator pitch of Kingdom Hearts was it's like Final Fantasy crossed with Disney, and he's neither a true Final Fantasy character nor does he use any of the Disney stuff in this game. Like he doesn't show up next to Mickey or uh, Goofy and Donald or anything like that. He has the, it's all Kingdom Hearts related stuff. Is you know Keyblade. It is, and, uh... It is definitely it's evolved since the first game for sure. Um, that makes sense. I'm, I haven't really kept my eyes on it. It it was a franchise I just I missed when it started, and it seemed like a lot to get it into. It is, and dude, every bit of Kingdom Hearts games that have been released are all canon and part of like an integral part of yeah. the story, including the mobile game. To the point that they, yeah, uh, I think they closed down the servers for the mobile game for playing online, but they left it up where you can play solo so people won't miss out on that part of the story. Also, I love that uh, the deeper in the lore the Kingdom Hearts games get, the stupider the subtitles do. Because, man, those games have some weird, complicated names. Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, obviously Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 um, were, were good, but like I played, I believe it's Birth by Sleep which is hmm. the one where you play as the three people that came before Sora and all of them. Uh, Ventus, Aqua, and I don't remember big buff dude's name, but he looks straight out of a Final Fantasy game. Um, but Ventus and Aqua, Aqua like was a very popular character to the point that she was like a big part of uh, 2.9, which came out before 3, like right before 3. It's, there's there's a lot. It's 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 if you've ever looked up videos on people trying to explain what the fuck is going on in Kingdom Hearts, uh, by the end of it they've pulled out all of their hair. I believe it. Like <laughs> from what I understand, there's so much lore and it's consistent canonical based lore that like at least with people that are trying to piece together the Zelda timeline, most things don't happen in every game. Whereas in Kingdom Hearts, anything that happened in one game has happened everywhere. Yeah, yeah it's it's a big congruent world so far. Um, I think that they just announced that some thing that maybe that there's like talks of Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development or something, which that would be cool, but we'll see. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Oh, yeah, I was just saying, I, I think that somewhere, uh, I think I saw where they were talking about maybe that uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 is in development or like is there's talks of nice. it's going to be a thing, so interesting. I did see that in addition to the game announcements or the character announcement, they are going to be bringing the... Uh, 
main trilogy of Kingdom Hearts games to the uh, Switch as cloud gaming games. So if you if you feel good about Switch cloud gaming, there you go. Oh yeah, that's what's up. You know, I acquired Kingdom Hearts three for PC, and I never did install it and load it up. I need to though because I want to see how good it looks because that game made my fucking PlayStation four sweat because I didn't have a pro. I just had a regular ass <laughs> PlayStation four and. Not and it wasn't even in a good resolution. It was on this TV that I'm looking at you on right now, and it's just like, it's not a great resolution. Whereas like my my monitor over here is 2K, so it at least will be that. And yeah, because that game is really pretty. If there's one thing about Kingdom Hearts 3, I know people had their qualms with it. I personally really enjoyed it. It's fucking gorgeous. I just I just said that you put me on the low res monitor, man. I know I'm ugly, oh, but yeesh, got him. I, you know what's funny is though is I probably should put this over here and my notes over here because the camera's here on my monitor, but I'm actually looking over here when I talk to you. But I don't know. I I I do the same thing. I'm looking off to the side because my main screen's where I have the video, so I'm looking at your image while I'm talking, which makes me look like I'm not making eye contact. Then I'm looking at the notes. I'm looking like I'm looking yeah. at you. <laughs> oh, <man. sighs> so, sir. It's a good thing this isn't a visual podcast, man. We would be a wreck trying to stream this on Twitch with both of our dumb faces. All three of our dumb faces. Maybe four. Me and Ryan tried the whole doing the video version on YouTube. And after like three weeks of me putting it up and the views were like six, four, two and stuff like that. I was just like, oh, this is not worth the effort. Sorry, YouTube. Yeah, if you're planning to do literally any editing whatsoever, especially. Yeah, it it was a pain because it, it, it was the it was like Ryan was editing the video, like he was in charge of the video, and whenever it was finished, he would send it to me, and I would just upload it. Well, then his work picked up, so it became I had to edit the video, and it it very quickly yeah. became I'm just gonna edit the podcast and fuck the video. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's you know the show's not called the Steam Machine YouTube. It's true called the steam machine podcast hey he said it anyway that's the title drop that's the end of the episode thanks everybody we'll play doom 2 or doom 3 next week (laughs) cue the music (laughs) oh man um speaking of the show though i do believe that we have a segment that we should go ahead and dive into unless there's anything else you'd like to touch on all right then it's the as i lovingly refer to it as o-dubs the obligatory ah. Wikipedia bullshit. Doom 3. Which, clarification, we played BFG, but we'll get to that in a second. Yes. Doom 3, styled at, stylized as Doom Squared, is... A, cubed. What oh, it is it? cubed. God damn it. You're right. And you know what? I looked at that and was like, don't fuck this up, Dalton, because that's one of those... <laughs> I fucked it up. Yeah, Do- Doom Cubed. I, I don't like correcting you. I just don't want to get Please emails. Please correct me. <laughs> you, you'll be nicer about it than people like, you fucking idiot. Fucking thought it was squared, but it's cubed. Fucking go eat a steak, fat boy. They don't even know I'm fat. They can just hear it in my that, voice. <laughs> I feel like go eat a steak is the nicest fat criticism <laughs> I could possibly I know. I don't get. know why that's what came out. Like Maybe it's because there was a bunch of vegetarians in the last X-Files episode I watched. I don't know. Um, Doom. Oh, I think I know the episode you're talking about. That's classic, uh, man. Doom 3 is a 2004 survival horror first-person shooter video game developed by id Software and published by Activision. Doom 3 was originally released for Microsoft Windows on August 3rd, 2004 and adapted for Linux later that year, ported by Asper Media for Mac operating system in 2005. 
Developer Vicarious Visions ported the game to Xbox, releasing it April 3rd, 2005. That was how I first played this game. It was OG okay. Doom 3 on Xbox. So I want to throw that out there before we go any further in the episode. Uh, Doom 3 is set on Mars in 2145, where military industrial conglomerate has set up a scientific research facility into fields such as teleportation, biological research, and advanced weapon design. The teleportation experiments open a gateway to hell, shocker, resulting in a catastrophic invasion of the Mars base by demons. The player controls a space marine who fights through the base to stop the demons attacking Mars and reaching Earth. Um, this was considered the first reboot of the Doom series. Um, obviously, yeah. it didn't do very well because the next Doom game was another reboot of the Doom series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although... Um, Doom 3 was a critical and commercial success with more than 3.5 million copies of the game sold, making it the most successful game by developer id Software to date. I do not know when the last time this Wikipedia article was edited. I have to think that Doom Eternal probably sold more than that, but I could be wrong. I also wouldn't be surprised if, if you went by total installs and not just sales. Like, it was famously said that Shareware Doom was installed on more computers than Windows at one point in 1994. Wow. Or 1994. That's impressive. Um, the game was followed by Resurrection of Evil, which was an expansion pack developed by Nerve Software uh, in April of 2005. A series of novelizations of Doom 3 written by Matthew J. Costello debuted in February 2008, which I find interesting. I wonder how a novelization of a Doom game would go. <laughs> I mean, pretty hilarious if you're talking about the novelizations of the original Doom, because uh, Knee Deep in the Dead and the sequels to that ended up being kind of loco. I can imagine. <laughs> I'll have to check those out because I didn't know those existed. I wouldn't say you have to check them out, but as a novelty, it might be worth reading up on them just for a laugh. Uh, an expanded and remastered edition titled Doom 3 BFG Edition, which is what we played. Which is the version we've played for this episode. was released in the fourth quarter of 2012, while a version based on BFG was released without online multiplayer, simply called Doom 3, for Android in 2015. And Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in 2019. And I believe that's when they added... Well, it might not have been 2019, but recently they added VR to Doom 3, didn't they? Like Oculus Rift? I believe so, yeah. That, I can imagine now that would probably be intense. Yeah, I, I, I kind of... If it didn't actually come up with a show, I wanted my first time playing Doom 3 to be in VR, because I thought that'd be a good uh, way to do it. Although I could see it having issues as well, which we'll probably talk about later. <laughs> yeah, um... Do you want to get into the changes between the two versions right now, or you know, save those before or for after we uh, kind of give our thoughts about it? I mean, I feel like uh, the changes to the game are going to be things that aren't going to be super important to talk about gameplay-wise until we get to the end. The main thing you need to know is that BFG was a response to a lot of criticism of the original game from like older fans of the Doom games, so they kind of did some things to make it a little bit. I wouldn't say necessarily arcadier, but they did kind of make it more, uh, maybe you could say, combat forward. Like, the main, the, the main, main change, and we can get to the others later, but is that you can now use your flashlight at the same time as you use a weapon, which was a huge controversial criticism of the original game. Everyone called the game too dark when it came out. Yeah, it was. It was super dark back in the day. And I honestly, I remember playing it. I don't remember the flashlight not being on my gun or, or mounted on my shoulder or whatever being an issue. Um, that's me personally, though. And I, st you know, what's funny is in my Steam library, I have Doom 3 and BFG. And I should 
play the original and see the if I can notice any of the differences. But I'm gonna go ahead and throw out my. I have less written down um, because fair warning, I did not finish this game. Um, unfortunately, there was something about this game that gave me a really fucking bad headache when I was playing it, and I just it would frustrate me because it was like I had a headache and I would get lost and because my head hurt I couldn't think straight to figure out where I was going it was rough um but I did try to get in as far as I could um but if I'd say if Doom 3 does anything right it's being creepy like I think the game did a really good job of being creepy the background ambience makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up you know what I mean it's really anxiety inducing yeah uh I mean, one of the big things I noted was that the sound in this game, like, as you're just going through levels, is really cool. Like, uh, there's all kinds of... You're in a very... You're in this Martian base. It's, like, advanced technological study. So there's all kinds of crazy, like, machinery whirring and pumping away. So you can never really tell if the sound you hear is, like, steam being released from a coolant vent or if it's something whispering right at you. And then there are other voices that actually are whispers and you don't know where they're coming from or who it is. There's, you know, stomping sounds that might be doors closing. It might just be a machine slamming shut. It could be, you know, it could be a scary demon coming up to get you. You hear chatter. Maybe it's on your radio. Maybe it's just a zombie kind of making noise, you know? Like, there's uh, a lot to be said for, like, there's a disorienting amount of sound in this yeah. game. And I think that really, I think it helps it with the... Uh, it, it overwhelms you to where you don't know what to focus on, and that leaves you on edge in a way that I think was intended and successful. Um, one thing I didn't like uh, was you, you had no ability to look down your barrel. Like, of your, like you couldn't shoulder your gun and look down the iron right. sights. Which, I mean, that's a small nitpick, but I really like doing that. Um, I would have used the pistol more, I think, if, I, if you right-click was like iron sights instead of just another button mapped to jump. Was yours mapped to jump? Mine was mapped to reload. Reload would have been nice. No, mine was jump for some reason. Strange. <laughs> weird, because I didn't even... Did you fuck with the controls? Because I didn't. No, no, I, I used whatever my default Man, settings were. that's weird. The only thing I could think is my install wasn't a Steam one, so maybe... Oh, that's possible. You know, the default, the default configuration may have just been slightly different. That's a good possibility. Um, one thing that this game brought up is, is a question that I have about games that are good at scaring you or is the game just good at startling you i think this game had more scares than startles whereas some other horror games really rely on jump scares and that's my big thing is jump scares i fucking hate them like i think they're cheap they're effective at times but like one or two of them's all right like for example in doom 3 i'm roaming through and i think you had this same experience where like you're roaming through and you open a random door, and right behind the door, coming at you immediately as an enemy. That's startling, yeah. but they didn't overuse that. Where some games, I feel like every 10 to 15 minutes, you're getting hit with a jump scare. And I don't find that scary, I find that startling, and I think that that's not what I'm looking for. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I, I do think that there were there were some jump scares to this game, but I think it really, the goal it was going for was atmosphere yep. more than anything else. Like, it kind of was, it wasn't going for startling, it was going for, like, uh, dread, I think is the word, to describe the feeling it was shooting for. Yeah, I, I did watch, uh, just not to skip ahead too much, but I did watch the end on YouTube, because I wanted to see how it mm. wrapped up. And yeah, it uh, was the Resurrection of Evil ending that I watched, I think. Um, oh well 
I didn't do Resident. I only did the uh, based campaign. Okay. I didn't play the uh, expansion Resident. So the base campaign well. ended with like the the guys coming in to save Homeboy, and the, the way that the place looked, I was like, holy shit! Like it's way it, when they do that final cutscene, it looks way worse than what it was when you were walking around. Like somebody came in before they got there and just threw blood everywhere because there wasn't that much blood when you were running around. Unless it's supposed to represent. Oh, you have, you haven't got to Delta Labs yet. It does eventually get really gory in the uh, actual facilities. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, in the areas that I were at, I was like, oh man, it wasn't that bloody. I appreciated it though. I, I wondered. Yeah, because it did a lot of like things that actually were good at hinting you along as well as like you could often see like in the earlier areas like where there was clearly something killed here and then dragged because there were just streaks of blood pulled in one direction. And that's often where you needed to follow. Or a body would just float into the air and then fly off in a direction down a hallway. And you're like, Oh, well I guess I should follow that creepy ass thing. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't. I mean, I I, I guess supernatural is a word weird use to describe things. That's like kind of literally about hell and demons and all that. But I don't think it went so hard on the supernatural, like the, telekinetic floating type stuff for the most part so when it did i thought it was kind yep. of cool and Agreed. effective Agreed. like there were tricks that it leaned on too hard and i'll get to that later especially in when we talk about in-game combat but i i think occasionally it just slowed down and let you get a weird moment that i really thought worked yeah for sure um i know it feels like i'm throwing out a lot of negatives like i do have positives about this game but i'm trying to get my negatives out of the way um i didn't like that the flashlight was off center that bugged the shit out of me. Um, I, I think that fucked with my eyes a little bit. It might have been part of the reason I got a headache. Um, as stupid as that may sound. Because it's like you're holding your gun like you would like a first-person shooter. And then your light is on your left shoulder. So it's shining just to the left of whatever you're aiming at to try to shoot. And yeah. that bugged the fuck out of me. Like I would, I would have liked it to at least like turned a slightly so it was shining at your crosshair. But... That might have worked if you could pull your pistol up and look down your sights. But this was just like if you were just wandering around mm-hmm. hip firing. And I don't know. It's just, I didn't like that. It did seem a little hard to draw a bead sometime. And the off center flashlight is one of the BFG edition yep. changes. Uh, in the original game, you only had a handheld flashlight. So you couldn't simultaneously wield a weapon and see things. Which I think probably added to the scariness of the game. Yeah, I think a lot of the encounters were designed with that in mind. You could definitely see some that did not work. The introduction of the cherub monster, for instance, clearly was not designed for you to be able to shoot in flashlight at the same time. Yeah, yeah, because that thing roams around like you could fire into the darkness, try to find it. You know what I mean? And you could barely tell what it is when, like, in the complete darkness, like, because the the area it comes in is like this really narrow, short, small tunnel, and it's a tiny monster that makes baby sounds and kind of has baby-like proportions, and it's like, what is this thing? But you could shine your flashlight on it in the BFG edition and kind of figure out it's a creepy baby bug yeah. thing. Um, one of the changes in Doom BFG that stuck out to me. Um, was a lot of the enemy encounters in the original Doom 3 and Resurrection of Evil got cut in the BFG edition. For example, the encounter with the hellish version of bony zombies in Hell. Yeah, I don't think there were any... There were either none or almost no zombie monsters in Hell in BFG edition. So it's very strange to me that they would cut content out of an enhanced version, unless they just thought it was bloated. Yeah, I mean, they did some balance-related passes. They added a lot of additional ammunition to the BFG edition. 
I felt like in the early game, one of the survival horror elements was that you didn't have a lot of ammo at all. Like I felt very pressed for ammo early on, but by the time you have um, the machine gun and another rapid fire gun, like the chain gun or the plasma, I felt like I could always safely pick one of those, move to the other if I was low and shotgun stuff if I got close. So I was less worried about it. It seemed like it kept me pretty full of ammo. uh, You want to go ahead and talk about the shotgun? Man, at first I loathed that shotgun because it is the most spready shotgun I've ever had in a video game. Like, if you stand literally a human body's distance away from an imp and try to shoot it with a shotgun, it takes three hits to kill it, whereas if you're point blank at its chest, it almost always goes down in one. Yeah, which to me is odd. And like, yeah, it was just, it was way too much. But I know that there's, it's supposed to be, a you know, that kind of shot that scatters or whatever, but there cannot possibly be that much scatter. Yeah, and then... The fact that, like, it pretty much required you to be within melee range to do anything, like... Yeah, I absolutely viewed the shotgun as a melee weapon in this game. I basically thought of it as, like, I was using it the same way I would use glory kills in Doom 4. I wanted to get close, get the thing dead, and then save... Well, not gain back ammo, but save ammo for my uh, rapid-fire yeah. weapons. Um, now, how did you think about the enemy variety? I know you obviously saw way more enemies than I did, um... I'll say in the beginning, one of my notes is that the very beginning of this game is super fucking repetitive. Um, I would go ahead and say that repetition becomes one of the biggest problems with the game. Like, it does develop some new tricks when you get to around Delta Labs, and then it repeats the shit out of those tricks. Yeah. It's... Like, there are encounters where it, the first time it happens, you're like, oh shit! This, after a few times it happens, you're like, that again? And eventually it goes to being, like, irritating and even comical. When, for the third time in a row, it puts, like, a revenant in front of you, you shoot it a few times, and then an imp teleports in behind you while you're not looking yep. at it. Like, you're like, okay, you've done that. You've done that to me, like, seven times. I'm, I'm over it. Not only that, it's like, move to a new area. Find locked door. Find PDA that opens door. Open door. Find oh my exit. God. And then later on, it's like, okay, find PDA that opens door. Now, find key card. Yes. <laughs> Move this fucking crane. This slow-ass crane that you can't see while you're trying to move it because you have to aim oh at the screen. God. And while you're aiming at the screen, you're not looking up to see where the crane is going. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be honest. That That isn't the only crane puzzle in the it's damn not, game. Oh, my God. It, it is the only one that feels like it's supposed to be an arcade crane game, though. It was like, uh, I think you had to move to, I think two of the barrels had, like, some yeah. contamination coming out. Toxic toxic ventilation or something in the room. And you had to just pick up two barrels and put them in an incinerator. And it was the most video game, mini game, pointless thing. And that's one of the biggest problems I have with the flow of the game is it kept interrupting itself. Like, anytime the combat starts to feel good and you get really into it, it's like... Here's a bunch of PDAs. You need to listen to the voicemail in case there's a walker passcode. You need to read all the emails. Make you know, try to get some of this lore. And the game loves to ladle the lore out in PDA format. It's Doom. Everyone knows the plot to Doom is that they dug too deep in a science experiment and they basically started inter- interfering in hell and then they decided they'd turn a profit off of it. In every other Doom game, that's in the goddamn instruction manual. You know what's happening before you even get yeah. started. This game, they act like it's a surprise for hours well, and hours. In, in fairness, I'll say that this was considered a reboot, so maybe they were hoping to pull in some new people who might not know that. But... Again, it didn't have to But if be... you were to describe what Doom was to someone, like, that's the essential plot to the game. And it's a two-sentence oh, plot. Oh, no, I, that's what I'm, like... I, I, 
I think they put in way too many of those PDAs and stuff like that. Like I appreciated the ones that I picked up that said no audio log data. Same. That <laughs> was like I was like, thank was you. Like, All right. Work, this is literally just here for me to open a door with, or not. Sometimes you would just find some, and they were fucking just because. I would say some of the PDAs were. I would say about one in ten of the PDAs had, a, or one of the ten in the messages on the PDAs was either amusing in some way or offered a background detail that I actually thought helped flesh out the universe. One of my favorite ones was when they were describing like before everything really went to hell, all the power fluctuations, and they had like talked about a machine that had gone into lockdown that they the, they'd unplugged it they had the safety key out but one of those power waves from you know the hell energy or whatever went through it and mangled a, a maintenance worker's arm and like it was described in a really graphic and interesting way that actually was a kind of cool little short horror story but most of the time it was just like i'm getting pretty suspicious about that there dr bertruger i don't know if the guy whose name is german for liar might be a bad guy <laughs> nine 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 Nines of us. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, man, it had a lot of potential. It has a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, one thing that I brought up in the chat, uh, talking with you and Nate about this, was like, I feel like this game could have been really fucking good had it not been a Doom game, and. Yeah, I actually, this is funny, you sent that message in the chat, I had independently said something very similar but slightly different to Nate in a, a like, private message. Uh, it's just like, I think it would just have, uh, I think the way the way you said it to me after I said that was like, or even a Doom spinoff, had they not put Doom 3 on it. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I lost my train of thought, I'm sorry, hold on, give me a <laughs> What I what I thought was if this game had been a game that had been made by an independent developer was not named after Doom was a survival horror game that like had a lot of influences and references to Doom so it was like obviously inspired by without calling itself Doom and it did either more with the survival horror elements or more with the action elements I think you have the potential for like a really good game here yeah um <clears throat> like you know they they called the the uh, DLC or the expansion or whatever, Resurrection of Evil, they could have called it like Resurrection of Evil, a Doom Tale, or like something yeah, like exactly. that. That would have put it in that storied universe, but didn't give people the expectation of like, oh fuck, it's another Doom game, you know? Like, because it had been ten years since Doom Two at this point. Um, none of the main guys that, well, I won't say none of them. That's not true, but. Um, you know, John Romero wasn't still working there. Um, they had a lot of the people that were technical technical workers and artists that were still there, but like it had been ten years since they'd worked on Doom. They'd done Quake for several years, and then um, you know other projects, and then this was their grand return. And this was also an engine. Uh, it was called the ID Tech Four engine, I want to say, and they wanted to license this engine out to other developers. They wanted it to compete with the Unreal Engine. So, like, this was the big showcase game that they were trying to sell their game engine on in addition to selling this game. So they, they wanted to make it all the bells and whistles. They wanted this game to blow up everyone. And it did. It won, like, best in show at E3 when they, like, previewed it. Like, they were really impressing people with the technical aspects of the game. It's just, you know, I think the gameplay has problems that suffer because the game has an identity yeah. crisis. Now, when I played it in its time, Back in 2005, 2006, whatever, on Xbox, bro, this was a good fucking, this is a good looking game, and it scared yeah. the fuck out of me when I was a kid. Like, it did its job, um, but I think I had a lot more time back then to get lost. 
and things like that. Because that's that's one thing about it too is that God, I anybody who's a fan of this game, I actually do love this game, and I think that's why I'm able to shit on it. Like I love the original at least. BFG, I'll fuck with the field of view. Me and you talked about that. The field of view was weird, and yeah. that might have been what was giving me the headache. Um, but the uh, it's not signposted well. I found myself getting lost a lot. And I'd end up having to look at a guide, and it's like, oh, I missed this fucking ladder that's tucked away in this tight little corner that you have to go up, and I never would have seen that shit. Yeah, actually, I had to look up a couple ladders myself. I definitely remember there was one relatively early on where an imp blew off a wall to attack yep. you, and then behind the wall he blew off, there was a ladder you had to Brother. turn and face. And I actually backtracked real hard before I came back to that. And that's the spot guide. that made me quit the first night I was playing. I got all I the way that. there. I believe that wholeheartedly. And for one... I didn't realize, like, I walked over to this computer after I had been looking around for, like, 45 fucking minutes. And I saw where it was, like, the screen. I could click the screen, and it said, like, save backup data or something like that. And I was like, all right. So oh, I clicked yeah. that, and it does its thing, and then the screen goes black. Then the wall blows out behind me, and there's that fucking imp. So I killed it. And then I'm like, all right, did something happen? So then I went and backtracked all again, spent another f- 30 minutes yep. looking around, and finally said, fuck this. And I started, uh, and the next day I just looked at a guide and was like, You've got to be kidding me. There's a ladder right in that room where he blew the door off of it. It's like, I never would have thought to look there because there's never anything in those never rooms like, when they do that. Yeah, like you would expect there to be like a fuel cell. You're looking at the ground, you're not looking at the wall. Like there were like three, well, not fuel cell, this was Doom 3. So you're expecting like, you know, some ammo or like yeah. a medikit or something. And you wouldn't be looking at the wall trying to find the next progress place for a monster closet. And there were like three ladders in the game that I just completely didn't see. Yeah, I just feel like it could have been signposted a little better. Like, like, we did talk about... And I feel like a lot of the hallway areas, like, there's a lot of places that are office and corridor and lobby and office and lobby and office and corridor and office and corridor and lobby yeah. and office and office and it's corridor. It's very and cramped. Storage area. Very cramped. Uh, there were certain times where I was going through... I have this weird thing where, like, even when, like, when I'm playing a game and I'm underwater, like, I feel like it's weird to breathe because I feel like I should be holding mm. my breath because I'm underwater. And I had that same feeling when I was walking through these tight fucking corridor so i don't know if maybe i've got claustrophobia and i've claustrophobia and i just don't know it <laughs> but it, it uh, was uh, a yeah. the game felt too condensed for me although i know that you were you know making your way around labs and hallways and corridors like you said never ending fucking corridors but i mean it would have helped if the facilities were changed up a bit more early on because like the first entire half of the game takes place in various science labs and offices they all look the same which makes sense But they're very, very... Like, eventually when you get to the Delta Labs, you start getting some more, like, you know, weird fleshy growths on the wall. That was cool. Like, the walls start being... Yeah, and monsters, you know, you start to see stuff like stuff written on the walls and blood and just blood-soaked areas, and then it gets to be more corrupt over the course of it, and then finally you get close to the the hell portal, and everything is a lot freakier at that area. Like, the atmosphere really cranks up at that point. But it's been so long trying to earn that that I think... It could have you could have cut about half of the game before you get to hell. Like maybe fifteen minutes of the first two hours should have been in this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And dude, the uh, the one point that I got to where I was like, all right, all right, I'm done. Did they have to put in demon mutant spiders? Like, was that necessary? I fucking hate spiders, bro. Like, I really do. I do not like them. <laughs> and. When it was like they just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. I was like, oh my god. Why is spiders a thing in every video game? I don't understand. It's like, 
It's a The Thing reference. They even had the same kind of angular legs that The Thing spider had in The Thing. Uh, I guess that's fair. And the head even kind of turns upside down sometimes when they attack. Like, I guarantee that that was just an homage to The Thing. Well, it did its job. I mean, at least it was a popcorn enemy. Like, that was like, you basically shot it three times and it was busted. But it was a a nasty little thing and he'd come out from vents and through the walls sometimes and that was pretty successfully creepy i thought some of the new monsters they added for the game that weren't just doom one doom two monster reskins uh, i think some of those were pretty uh, pretty good uh i really hated what they did with some of the old doom monsters <laughs> Please, though. um uh, imps imps and hell knights looked great kako demons i they kept the floating orb part but not the big giant eye and it's like it almost seemed like a lot of this game, the aesthetic of it, the Lost Souls too. Instead of a flaming skull, it's a flaming disembodied zombie head, and it's like I felt like a lot of this game felt like when they were making it, they're like, "Well, it's 2004 now. It's not 1994. People don't want to see stuff that looks like 1990s metal album covers and 1980s horror movies anymore. This is that stuff is old and passe and kind of lame. We're making it for today, and it has a very big. We made it for today in 2004. Yeah. Now this shit's passe, and the stuff you should have been doing would have yeah, ruled. It would have aged way better." It just it, there's a lot of flavor of the week feeling effects that remind me of like the kind of horror movies like all the very sallow like all the monsters have very sallow skin no matter what like the imp and the archfile have the exact same body texture it's actually kind of hard to tell them apart at first until they start to attack. You know what cracks me up with some games and this is kind of off topic but kind of on topic is that like some games do stuff like that where they're like man all that stuff is passe we're gonna do this new cool you know, type thing and then ten years later. No one's fucking talking about whatever that game was, but they're still talking about the shit that was quote unquote passe. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's exactly. wild to me. I think that's one of the strengths of Doom 2016, Doom 4, compared to this game, Doom 3, is this Doom 3 felt like it wanted to modernize and reboot Doom for a new audience. Doom 2016 was like, hey, y'all, remember how much fun Doom was? What if we used today's technology to make that same kind of fun? Like, let's keep it moving forward, dodge and punch and fighting the monsters. But also, you know, now we have all these new technologies. We can have, like, cool splattery, you know, fatality attacks that don't take a big cutscene. They just take a moment to play. And, you know, we can have bright graphics and then we can still have moody, scary architecture. And see, I think that the people who loved Doom probably played this and was like, it has potential and it became that right the doom 2016 what doom should have been all along um well you know what i mean the doom reboot at least i also think that somebody played doom 3 and went this could be a really cool game i know how to do it and then they went and made dead space (laughs) because dead space does the whole you're in a you're in space but it doesn't do the hell thing obviously but like the, the survival horror in space thing and i you know it's it's definitely it's a very cool concept so it's System Shock. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, like System Shock, which apparently there's a third System Shock in the works. I believe it when I see it. But apparently, I mean, this game also clearly takes nods from System Shock, too. I mean, a lot of the horror in space does. I think this, wait, System Shock came out before 2004, right? Yeah, yeah, the first System Shock was 90s. That's what I was going to say. That game is, I was going to say, yeah, that game's way too janky to be any later than yeah. it was. First one's early 90s, not early 90s, but I think mid-90s, if I remember right. Yeah, I mean, that, that that sounds about right. Those are two games that I own oh. and I need to play, but I've never played them. System Shock. I mean, speaking of comparisons of Doom 3 and Doom 4, one thing that both of those games do that I thought was kind of 
corny and cheesy in both of them is both of the games involve you pursuing someone right and every so often in both games you'll walk through a door and you'll see like a glass window that you can't get through and you'll see that guy just zip zooming away looking at you and whatever and then leaving like oh you can't catch me i feel like that is so corny you know like they keep repeating it in both yeah, games it's like olivia pierce kept doing that in doom 4 and uh everyone that you're chasing down the uh, team bravo kind of does that um the lawyer guy and his bodyguard do that i think towards the end of the game petruger starts doing that although he also like telepathically taunts you because he's become demonic at that point and that kind of actually does work um oh oh man on the topic of mid to like mid 2000s the zero zeros in general did anyone make a video game with good boss fights in that time period? Because I feel like every boss fight in the OOs was the most obligatory bullshit, and this game was no exception. Like, did you fought the spider boss? No. I, know. I, I was on my way to that, though, because that was the area. There were spider webs everywhere where I was going. Okay. Every... Almost all the bosses of this game are that exact same video game boss where it's like you have to do something three times so you can attack the enemy and then you have to attack it three times, you know, repeat that pattern three times so you can destroy it. And like every boss except the spider boss was like that. The spider boss was just lame. But like you made four boss fights and all of them are pretty much just like stuff we haven't really iterated on since Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, are are we talking strictly not RPG games because I like the boss fights in no, those 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 have their okay. own tricks. I, I I appreciate a good RPG boss, and yeah, there are cliches in RPG boss. You know, you got to have the two orbs that follow the heavy boss, where one of them casts reflect and one of them casts <laughs> yeah. you know buff spells or whatever. Because yeah, my argument was going to be Final Fantasy X, but yeah, that you're right. That's that's different. Yeah, sure. Ten um, had some really memorable boss fights. I remember getting wrecked by Unaleska really hard. Yeah, dude, I remember the first time I tried to get the Magus sisters. Whoo! Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> And the entire arena, which was basically post-game super bosses, like all of that oh, was really speaking cool. Speaking of super bosses, I know this is random. We've talked about this probably, but you know the super boss in fifteen, right? No, I don't really know anything about fifteen except for that it's the road trip in a car game. That okay, I play. well, this isn't too much of a spoiler because you can't do this till way, way late in the game, um, and I, I won't tell you where it's at. But there's a certain mountain that ends up standing up. And it's a giant adamantoise. It's the size of a Ooh. fucking mountain. And That's you have awesome. to fight it. And it's got some ridiculous amount of health. It takes hours to beat it. <laughs> but I thought I always thought that was cool. That like you're just driving and all of a sudden this mountain that you guys are looking at just gets up. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn. That's intense. But yeah, back to Doom. Um, some of the, uh, the changes that I... Between yeah, between BFG, BFG and the regular one that I thought was interesting. Obviously, okay. they made it compatible with Vista and 7. That was the big thing. Um, okay. Added Steam achievements, added achievements for 360 and PlayStation 3. Um, they removed EAX enhanced sound quality, which I don't know what that is, but it seems weird that they would remove sound quality stuff. It sounds like that is like one of those 3D binaural simulation sound things, but honestly, I thought the sound was good in this game, and I never really had any issue telling if something was supposed to be behind yeah. me or in front of me, for instance. Maybe because I've been playing Doom so long, I kind of instinctively strafe run, so if I put my left in my back to one side and my right to my front to the other, and I hear something to my left, I'm like, oh, that's behind me, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, they removed advanced keyboard function mapping. 
I didn't do any keyboard function mapping whatsoever. I don't know what the advanced functions. Oh, we didn't have were. them, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just used WAST and the number keys and my clicker and my the Q for the cube and the R for the reload and the E for the doors and spacebar to the, jump. Uh, they they improved the performance. Constant 120 hertz. Um, minor graphical. Okay. I didn't have any perf- any performance issues whatsoever, but I shouldn't for a game that's from 2004. Yeah, it, it ran well. Uh, it did. Um, improved yeah. texture resolutions, uh, the shoulder-mounted flashlight, uh, improved lighting effects. The light from the flashlight and enemy projectiles can now project shadows. Um, your muzzle flash huh. no longer creates a light source, because that was one of the things you could do in Doom 3, the original, was fire your pistol, okay. and you could kind of see for split seconds. So they actually, that's a change that actually makes it less like Doom, because that was absolutely a strategy in classic Doom, in really dark areas. Uh, let's see. The HUD crosshair replaced with a laser sight when playing in 3D mode, which we didn't play in 3D mode because we don't have 3D no. TVs. Uh, checkpoint saving was added. Oh, so there weren't automated checkpoint nope. saves in the first game? This game tended to save really, like, right before huge moments for the most part. Like, I'd say each level had at most, like, three checkpoints. You could, it was all manual saving um, from that. The PDAs had a new layout for widescreen display. Uh, ID, ID Tech 4 engine was updated with improvements from ID Tech 5. Um, it was compatible with existing texture and sound Doom 3 mods, which I found interesting like, that they were able to do that. That's actually yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, easy difficulty made easier by providing more health, armor, and ammo. Uh, they simplified the menus. They narrowed the field of view, which I don't get. That's, I think, maybe because they thought some of the changes they made, like the shoulder-mounted flashlight and adding more ammunition, maybe they thought that made it less horror so they made the field of view 80 instead of 90 by default. But I feel like if you're trying to add more widescreen support, like, you want more field of view. And I think that's one of the reasons you were so dizzy, is 80 is a weird field of view to use on a widescreen monitor. Like, that it feels super yeah. awkward. Like, that's, that makes me think of, like, d- default Minecraft settings. <laughs> uh, they made cutscenes unskippable. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Why? I don't know. That's do such that? a strange change. Um, they did do that. They did do that, though, because the only time I actually died in combat other than falling off of stuff was to the final boss, and I sure had to watch myself walk out from underneath the final boss about six times because I got stepped on him. <laughs> uh he wasn't hard, I'm just dumb and got too close. The arcade games, Sarge's Big Game Hunt and Martian Buddy Blaster in Resurre- Resurrection of Evil are replaced with Super Turbo Turkey Puncher 3. Did you... Oh, you can actually play Super Turbo, was... Turbo... Super Turbo Turkey I was going to ask you, did you play it? Because I did, yeah. I didn't know that the... All the machines I saw were broken or something. I did. There must have been a in playable one. In the very one beginning. If you're, when you're walking around, oh. I wandered into the, the little kitchen area and there was one working. And you literally just walk up and aim at it and your cursor goes to it and you just click and a fist punches a turkey and you get points for it um i've seen screenshots of it and it looks like it's literally except for the turkey like all the other graphics are made from doom 2 and doom 1 sprites which i think is yeah. kind of amusing um like it's the it's the classic fist and all that which is the oh, secret bfg 9000 tied to the martian buddy blaster game was removed because obviously that game was removed so okay that's a that's a resurrection of evil thing. So I guess I never. Yeah. Seen that. Um, let's see. Oh, the other changes were made to uh, Doom One and Two. Okay, so one of the things about the BFG edition was it came packaged with re-released versions of Doom One and Two made by Nerf yeah. Software. I, I know that, and uh, I do know they had to make some changes because you know it'd been. I didn't realize this game came out in 2012. The BFG edition. I thought it was closer to the original release. That was way later. So. 
But yeah, it would have it would have been about eighteen years after Doom. I guess this would have been like in the lead up to Doom Four, trying to build you know hype for that. Um, so it included No Rest for the Living, which you said is a mod pack, right? No Rest of the Living is nine levels for Doom 2 made by two employees of Nervesoft. They are a little bit more challenging. Well, some if you play for all the secrets, considerably more challenging than the default Doom 2 levels. They use nothing but stock Doom 2 textures and sadly music. They repeat a lot of the music, which I didn't think was that great. But the level layouts were really good. I liked a lot of it. I, I had a good time with it. I've played it before. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, they added Steam achievements for the original games. Um, they let It runs at 1080p now. Um Oh, on, that's, yeah. I'm sorry, that's on consoles. It runs at 1080p. Um, on desktop resolution on PC with minor, minor graphical improvements. Um, more responsive mouse and keyboard controls. Improved and smoother animations at 120 hertz. Um, improved weapon sound quality and MIDI music quality. I thought I did really briefly toy with the BFG edition. Uh, just, just the Doom 2. Just, just, just to click on it and say I did before I went back to playing the actual source part I usually use. And I actually thought that the MIDI sounded a good bit better than the default uh, Microsoft MIDI table that a lot of ports use. However, it also sounded like it used like pitch randomizing for monster sounds. So if you shot Nib a whole bunch of times, it would be like, you know, in, in classic game, it's always the same levels. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. But in this one, it was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like it was a little too jumpy. <laughs> Um, this is a super, super finicky, I've been playing Doom for way too long type of <laughs> complaint, though. Uh, apparently, the International Red Cross had been complaining about what they regarded as abuse of the symbol. So, uh, the yeah. Red Cross was removed from med packs and Berserkers packs uh, in those games. Yeah, they've replaced it with this little pill that looks like a Dr. Mario symbol. And I think that was a bad uh, bad change. Um, in later versions of the Unity port, they replaced it with a green medical cross symbol, which doesn't infringe the Geneva Convention rights to the medic sign, but it still obviously looks like a health pickup. So I think that that was the right play. The pill just seems like a weird compromise. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of strange. Um, they also uh, removed all of the Nazi references including the uh, Hockenkreuz, uh, Hitler's portrait, furniture, and textures uh, in order to make the game legal in Germany. Um, the Wolfenstein Map 31 and Map Grossa um, have been renamed to IDKFA and Keen, respectively. Okay. Um, and then they changed a bunch of stuff for those just to make them different. I'm going to guess that they replaced all the shoot-stuffle guards with just, like, regular zombie men or chain gun guys. Uh, it doesn't go into that specifically but it just says it changed the unit ids um changed the textures and changed the music in those maps okay yeah. oh yeah they would have had to change the music because it was based on the wolfenstein music which yeah it was based on like had kind of like war march type theme to oh, it. oh here's something at the very end that i think will be interesting to you sir the dot wad files for bfg editions of doom and doom 2 do work with ports like xandrinum and z daemon as well mm -hmm. as doomsday and z doom yeah, I, I personally stick with the like the old 1.9 Ultimate Doom and Doom 2 and Final Doom ones I had from a CD-ROM I got forever ago. But like, if you wanted to, you could absolutely play the BFG versions of them. In fact, you can also use like No Rest for the Living. It's a file in there called Nerve.wad. You can just pull that out and play it in whatever source port you like. And uh, I don't like that's that's how I got got around to it originally. And it's I mean it's a good set of levels. I liked it. Huh. Well, that's what's up. Um, what else would you like to touch on about Doom 3, my good sir? Is there anything else? 
maybe some Easter eggs and references to earlier games. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was kind of neat. There were some like cool callbacks. Like you mentioned that the you know Turkey Puncher game and how it had the graphics that were based on Ultimate Doom graphics. Although it also had like the the arcade pa- thing is supposed to make it look like a Street Fighter Alpha yeah. Three machine, which I thought was really cute. Yeah. Then there's like magazines scattered all around the place, and like one of them has like a cover image that looks like the Doom status guy, like the Doom guy's face when he's like hit for heavy damage in Classic Doom. Like it's making that like whoa face. And um, another ones I thought was like subtle. Like this is like just a shout out for I guess either really like old school people that know way too much about the game or maybe it was a shout out because the guy's sister was still working for the company but um one of the scientists you meet the 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 one who turns into a lost soul the first time you'd find a lost soul uh when she dropped her pda and whatever her name was uh teresa chazar which was the name of the she and her brother made episode five map or episode four map five of the original ultimate doom they will repent and she was the one that did the layout and then he did like the monster placement and the texturing and stuff so like I don't know, man. That's such an obscure, like, she was one half of the people that made one level in the commercial re-release of the original Doom. Like, that's a deep that's a cut, very deep you know? Cut. Very. I would have never known that. <laughs> I, I, if it were for the fact that I like to yell at the mapper sometimes when I play Classic Doom, I'm like, oh, Sandy Peterson, this level sure is a pain. So that's why I know all most of the mappers and what maps they made. And the fact that this one was made by two people and that they were a brother and sister team always stuck out to me. Oh, yeah. Is there uh, any other any other Easter eggs that stuck out? I didn't notice any personally, but I didn't get very far. So, um, no, I mean, that's the main. Th- oh, oh, there's one other thing yeah, I really wanted bye. to point out, which was I, I, we've been bagging on the cramped layouts through most of the game. When you get to hell, the architecture really, I guess you go to hell. It's a doom game. I'm, that's not a spoiler or whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, when you get there, the text like everything becomes huge in scope, and there's like massive buildings. Everything's made of like bricks and bones and like lava and flesh, and there, sometimes there's like stones just put over the floating over the void you have to move between and all that. Like it's really imaginative. The landscape shifts a bunch on you. It's, it's spooky and creepy and. I think was the section of the game that worked the best. And in that section, you no longer have a stamina cap. You can hit the sprint button all the time. You um, you only get the weapons from the original Doom, which I think is wild. You only get the uh, chainsaw, pistol, fist, shotgun, chain gun, but not the machine gun, rocket launcher, BFG, and nice. plasma gun. So you don't have the, the machine gun, the um, soul key, but you do get the soul, you get the soul cube at the end. And, uh, God, what was the other there's another weapon that's unique to this game I've already forgot. Oh, hand grenades. You don't Dude, get hand the hand grenades. grenades speaking of, they were fucking wonky. Like, you could throw those things, they would bounce that's all over the hard. Part. I never knew how to predict what the trajectory of a hand grenade was. So, the for most of the game's combat, my goal was just take the biggest rapid-fire weapon I have that's not low on ammo, shoot it at everything unless it gets close to me, then switch to the shotgun and blast at that point. And, like, that works on every tier of any... Now, again, if you see, like, a, an Archival or a Hell Knight, maybe you want to pull out the Rocket Launcher or BFG for those guys. But all the common enemies, you know, that, there was no need to get any trickier than that. Like, even a Hell Knight could be brought down with one clip's worth of B, or a plasma ammo, for the most part. Yeah. Um, what, what would be your rating for this game? I know you said that it would be very hard for you to pick a number. Did you ever come around to one? Okay, so uh, all this time I was vacillating between a lot of different numbers based on 
how much this game annoyed the shit out of me, especially repeating its tricks over and over and over again. Like, the parts I'm gushing about were really good. And if it was just the, either the best of the horror, the best of the landscape, the, a lot of the environments, especially later on, are really cool. The atmosphere, when you get to the corrupted version of basically the Mars base after you've been through hell, is ridiculously cool. It's like what the Shores of Hell from the original Doom should have looked like. And I'm saying that as someone who really liked the Shores of Hell in the original Doom. Like, that's, that was really incredible. It's one of the things that justifies the reboot, remake type idea. But when you walk into a room and you don't see any monsters at first, and then you hear a little whisper in your ear, and the, the summoning of the monster whisper always sounded to me like a little voice was saying, Pistachios! Which is not the scariest <laughs> word I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it, it started to crack me up. I was like, oh, here come pistachios. Love it. How do they know I have a nut hours? But, um... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I can't handle these nuts, please, Mister. <laughs> no, not the nuts. Anything but the nuts. But, but you'd walk into a room and you wouldn't see a monster for a moment. Then you'd hear like a zombie or something. You'd come after the zombie and you'd start shooting it. And you'd hear right behind you would be an imp teleport, and on the other side would be an imp teleport in, and then maybe it would teleport in a bigger monster. And it was like the same thing. You're dealing with the same couple of monsters, the couple of patterns, usually small numbers in really similar looking areas. Like the combat scenarios got really played out really early on and they, all the cool jumping in just lost the scare, lost the anxiety. And it just started to irritate me on that. But I, I can't just judge this game on, do I like it as a doom game? I have to judge it on how did I feel about it as a game? And it's not the worst game I've ever finished for this podcast. That's for damn sure. Like, I don't think I can give it under a five because I didn't finish it out of spite. I finished it because I wanted to see what happened. And so there was a part of me that wanted to give it a 3.5 because there's a huge, oh, please, element to some of what it does. I think I'm going to give it a five and a half with the understanding that I think there are two eight out of ten games that are fighting to be the game that this game is. And both of them keep getting in each other's way like two people trying to walk through the same door at the same time. I originally gave this game a four and then okay. I, I bumped it up after considering it and like sitting back I watched some videos on people who like were playing through and like watching these little videos and stuff didn't give me a headache so I got to see a little more of the game itself and I bumped it up to a five and a half so we agree um, I like it I think that that seems fair I mean I really think if you got to look at some of the like lab areas before and after you go to hell especially like right before and after like there was some really cool stuff that didn't look exactly the same as all the labs in the beginning of the game the second half of the game really kicks um, out i will first. say that I, I did watch the final battle of resurrection of evil and you do get okay. to kill that weird thing that they show at the cliffhanger ending of the original doom 3 the uh the the scientist that you're looking for yeah. ends up turning into this big like demon dragon thing where his face is the thing's tongue and it's very yeah. it's very doom looking it's like a very evil looking enemy and that's what you end up that's the final boss of resurrection of evil okay that yeah. makes a lot of sense to me i mean i don't think it's too big of a spoiler for me to tell everybody that the final boss of regular doom 3 the bfg edition the main campaign is a cyber demon and the only way you can defeat it as is hinted to you for the entire last half of the game is to use the alien artifact called the soul cube so it, it's a it's a neat weapon actually it feeds on the souls of enemies you killed so if you, you can only use it after you've killed five enemies and then you can throw it at anything and whatever it hits it'll one shot anything up to a boss monster and it fills your health back to 100 because you sucked the soul out but you have to do that like five times against a cyber demon because it's a video game boss. So, of course, you have to kill five enemies, then hit it with the thing and repeat yeah. five times. 
because it's a video game boss. And I got stepped on a few times because I'm, I'm, it's in a big circular area and I kind of tried to run up right underneath it instead of just running around in circles over and over waiting for monsters to spawn. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, dude, I mean, honestly, if you like survival horror type stuff, I recommend it. Um, just don't go into it expecting it to be a balls-to-the-wall Doom game. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a survival horror game with promise and problems, and it's a Doom game with promise and problems. I don't think it pulls off all of its promise, but when it's at its best doing either horror or action, I think it does both of those at its peak well, and I think that it, it's a visual treat, man. A lot of the graphical stuff, like the environments, especially, again, once stuff gets corrupted, you can tell that that's where a lot of the heart and soul went into making sure that the engine could render all that stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, sir, I think that's going to about wrap this one up. That means that next week will be uh, our part two of Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, which I had the epiphany in our chat that Trails in the Sky, when you shorten it, is tits, and everyone loves tits. (laughs) Oh, man, that cracked me up when I saw that. I was just like, oh, my God, you guys, it's tits. I hate that we did ha- we haven't done housekeeping yet because I so wish we could have just gone to the end music on that. <laughs> right. Oh man. Um, well, the housekeeping good call because that is a good segue into um, we appreciate. I mean, it could be worse. Sometimes we forget things. I don't think we gave a grade to one of the games we played over the last month. Uh, that's a possibility. I don't. Did we grade Battleship Brigade? I don't remember. I don't think we did. I think we missed grading Battleship Brigade. Yeah, I honestly think. No, wait, no, Nate, I remember because Nate gave it, like, he was the only guy to give it up. Bless yeah, that's up. right. It was the game before that. What, what did we do before Battleship? Oh, that would have been, uh... Wait, I think we may never put an actual number on Fallout. That's possible, Nate. No, that can't be. That well, can't you might be, be thinking right? we didn't do a, a rating at the end of the first Legend of Heroes episode because... We, no, uh, that's that's not the one. It was all three of for sure. Uh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Illustrious listeners, listen to all of our podcasts again so we get more ad revenue that we don't get because we don't run any yeah. ads on our show. Speaking of, uh, hey, uh, since we don't run ads on the show, uh, if you would like to head over to uh, patreon.com slash the Steam Machine podcast, um, we would like any financial support that you would like to throw at us. It, uh, it goes back into the show um, or helps one of us pay bills. Just depends on, on the month. Um it, it fucking it means a lot, and we appreciate it. Um, you can donate a dollar, and you get uh, the episodes early. You get to hear our little bullshit Patreon talk before we start the episode. Uh, usually, that's about wrestling or food or movies, comics, shows, just things that usually aren't video game related. Um, but if you like to hear us banter, then that's more banter for your buck. Uh, literally, for your buck. And if you want your shout-out by name, that is just a... $10 donation per month and you will get a shout out on every episode by name uh, like the ones that we named earlier but I'm going to name them again just to prove the point we have Nate who I call Sir Cogsworth of the 7th of June Ipper uh, we have Cog. old Jeffy Lube we got Arisa Adam and we have DC Smokedown <laughs> yeah I told you man Thank y'all again I'm leaning so into much. that Arisa Adam thing like <laughs> I don't know why. Don't I really don't know why. I'm leaning into that so hard, but I am. Um, so yeah, you can go to the patreon.com slash Steam Machine Podcast, toss us a dollar, and get get your episodes ad-free and early, even though you know you can get them not early and they'll still be ad-free. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Um, other, other than that, uh, come join. Hey, wait, don't, don't promise ad-free episodes, because if someone comes up to us and asks us to sell out, I'm telling oh, you yes. 
fucking listen if you ever download a show and we're like and this episode is sponsored by raid shadow legends like do not be surprised because i'll take that yeah we'll take that money all day all day uh don't say the brand name don't do it for free you're giving the cow away that's that's true they, oh they, everybody gets one what is that spider-man everybody gets one <laughs> That's right. Everybody gets one. That's right, Peter. Uh, um, if you come join the Discord, you can uh, chat with us about video games. We got the ever-growing community. It's really cool to see like new people pop in or people who have joined and then they don't really talk much, but then they'll decide to pop up and chat every now and then. Um, I feel like it's been a good amount more active lately. That's it's been yeah, really nice. I agree. I agree. Like, there's been a pretty good amount of daily chat in there. It's not overwhelming to keep up with, but there's always something yeah, new it, going it on. It warms my heart to see conversation going on. Like when I wake up and I'm like, I didn't start this conversation, but people are talking. This is mm. wonderful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's really cool. Um, and if you want to join the Discord, um, you can do bit.ly slash TSMP Discord. And that is all caps. Just TSMP Discord, all caps. Uh, and that will take you to a link where you can click that little linky link and... It'll bring you into the Discord, and you can then chat with us about video games, food, movies, whatever you want to do. Um, you can also vote on what games are going to be coming up for the show. We do do the vote thing, although I do want to start choosing some games here and there um, because there are just certain games that I would like to play, and I'm sure you have certain games that you would like to play, which is why we do the once a month one of us picks a game. If it lines up. Oh, I should point out that Doom 3 was my pick for the, our interrupt. So that's that, that one was on me. So, you know, that was my uh, my 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 game. I picked it because I wanted to play Doom and I wanted us to do a spooky game for Halloween. So next time I pick a game, we're going to play a good Doom game. <laughs> well, there you go. A uh, little uh, foreshadowing there for you folks. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's still on the menu. I'm not, it might not be Doom next time. There's actually something else I was almost picked for my game so i'm like i'll probably do that next time Well, now i'm intrigued but don't tell me i want it to be a surprise um all i can say is it is on the list oh that that narrows it down i mean in the (laughs) spectrum of things it does but when it comes to like the spectrum of the list that narrows it none for me (laughs) um yeah and you know if if you want to come check out our website that i did a little ditty and made up it's a bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast and the only thing with that link because bitly links are case sensitive every word has a capital letter at the beginning so capital t yeah capital t capital s capital m capital p for the steam machine podcast and that'll take you to the website the website's got links to like everything um but in case you don't feel like doing that uh the only other link that i can think of that's on there that i haven't already told you about is the merch link which is tsmpproductions.threadless.com you can go get you a cool ass like steam machine podcast shirt rock the merch rep your boys you know that that old chestnut threadless is high quality man uh other than that i got two recommendations for people um there's a podcast called damn chocobo that i love it's a final fantasy game podcast um and if you think you know like we go in depth when we're doing like two three four episodes on a game uh these dudes, I think they did Final Fantasy twelve, and they did like nine episodes on it or something like that. Like they really get in depth into the games and the story and the lore and like the what you do and all that kind of stuff. It's really it's a fun time. If you enjoy Final Fantasy games, I think you'll like it. Damn Chocobo. My other recommendation, they do not need my recommendation because they're a pretty big YouTube channel. But like I love GameSack, is what they're called. Um, and it used to be Joe and Dave. Now it's just Joe. Um, fantastic. Um, I know 
you know, Willie, you and I have talked about how um, YouTubers can do skits and they get really annoying and they see, they seem really yeah. self-serving. <laughs> GameSax is more like, like they do some skits, but they save them. They do them at the very end of the episode. So it's not like you have to watch through their skits if you don't, you know, if you don't want to watch them. But like they're usually two or three minutes and they're funny. They have to do with whatever they just covered in the episode. And That's important. like they did one for Halloween. That was hilarious. It was like five minutes long, but you know what I mean. So it's it's never like a forced like Spoonie used to do, where it was like you're trying to watch this video about Ultima, but it's interspersed with this weird life role play, fucking weird shit. It's nothing like that. You know what I mean? It's just a little quick thing at the end to make you laugh. And I just I really appreciate it. Um, they but their big thing that got me into them is they have these episodes on consoles where they'll cover say let's let's use for example the Super Nintendo. So Joe will go into the specs of the Super Nintendo and like how it worked, what what different things they did on the inner workings of it and like what made it run and why maybe it was more powerful than the Genesis or less powerful than the Genesis, yada, yada, yada. And then they'll go through the games and they'll show you the different games that they liked for it and everything. And then they do a little montage of games that they didn't cover. And I just really, I really like it. And they've got this collection of them that are like called Console Crunch which is just a bunch of those episodes mashed into one long video. And they've got like six or seven of those. So like, you know, you can put them on and listen to them in the background. You don't necessarily have to watch. It's just informative. And I just, I like learning. So it, it's just me. Also, their Left in Japan series, which is about games that never left Japan um, that are really cool. So GameSack on YouTube and the podcast Damn Chocobo. Those are my recommendations for this week's episode. Do you have any recommendations or any sign off or anything like that? Uh... Pad Thai, man. I wish I had some Pad Thai right now, so I'm just going to recommend everyone go get some. We can all convene and talk about it at the end of the week if we all ate it. It's good. It's like a spicy... It can be spicy. You can get it non-spicy in most places, but it's, it's Thai noodles and peanuts. And usually like a tofu. Or a I just got some tofu today. It's got a good taste. Nice. Too. Maybe I'll have to make some Pad Thai. That sounds good to me. Hey, dude. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> On that note, he's Willie. I'm Dalton. And as always, guys... Trails in the sky is tits. <laughs>